Well, let's head to New Zealand now, where scientists are trying to save a rare flightless bird from extinction, but are facing a few unanticipated hurdles. I'm talking about the kakapo. It's a large, very large, greenish-yellow parrot with an owl-like face and a very long lifespan. They can live 60 years or longer. It's unique to New Zealand. And it sounds a bit like that noise you can hear in the background there. Intense conservation work has helped the kakapo slowly recover from the devastation caused by introduced predators and habitat loss, of course, too. In 1995, there were only 50 kakapo still in existence. Now there are 247. But last year, some birds were relocated to a fence sanctuary on the North Island. The only problem is some of them have been escaping over the fence. Dr Andrew Digby is a conservation biologist with the Department of Conservation Kakapo Recovery Team. He's just back back from time in the sanctuary. Andrew, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. It's great to speak to you. This bird is unusual in so many ways. I mean, it's quite unusual looking. A lot of Australians probably have never met a kakapo. Can you describe what they look like for us? Yeah, so the kakapo is, is a bird which isn't really a bird. I think it's a bird that thinks it's a mammal. So, so it's, yeah, technically a parrot, but um, it, it's nocturnal. It lives on the ground. It sort of um, roosts in holes underground. It eats only um, vegetation. And, yeah, it's uh, the largest parrot in the world. It's um, flightless. And, yeah, it's, it's pretty unusual in just so many ways. It sounds like it's pretty smart too because they've worked out how to escape from the compound, from the sanctuary. How are they doing that? And why are they doing that, yeah. perhaps more importantly? Yeah, that's actually what we're trying to work out at the moment. So just as a bit of context, this is a, a very large fence sanctuary. So it's basically a big mountain with a, nearly a 50-kilometre fence around it. It's 3,000 hectares. So it's, it's actually about twice as big as the other islands that we have Karkapo on. So we're actually even surprised that Karkapo got to the fence. And we, we put quite a bit of work in to make the fence so that Karkapo couldn't climb it. But they're still getting out and... What we're suspecting is that they're somehow using the nearby vegetation and they're probably a little bit more agile at jumping and jumping from big heights than, than we might have previously realised. Have you seen one of them do it? No, well, not at this site. I have seen Karkapo jump from quite a high height when we're trying to catch them and, you know, they will jump from, you know, maybe four or five metres high and sometimes perhaps even higher. They can kind of like slow their descent down with their wings. So they can't fly, but they've got really big wings and, and they can slow their fall. So this might be what they're doing, but we're still not quite sure. The numbers of kakapo in New Zealand got down to 50. There's only 247 now. But in 1860, surveyor Charlie Dickens described the birds as being so populous, quote, you could shake a tree and kakapo would fall like apples. What happened to the kakapo? Yeah, so that's really true. It's just really recently they used to be very, very common. And basically what happened is that humans came and the habitat clearance was a big thing, but probably the number one was things like um, stoats and cats just absolutely decimating the populations of kakapo around about 100 years ago. So how many did roam? Do we have records early? What's our earliest records to give us a, a sense of numbers? Yeah, we don't actually have a good idea, but it would have been hundreds of thousands probably. Um, throughout the country and yeah now we're down to those very very small numbers Low the population is growing and and actually that's what has led to this this way we're putting them in this new sanctuary because we actually are existing islands for kakapo are full we need more space for them so, so it's kind of a nice problem for us to have yeah okay so how are you and your team how are you going about this breeding program how are you going about saving the kakapo apart from putting them in a sanctuary what sort of i guess it's all about breeding what sort of challenges are there in getting these birds to breed 
Yeah, it is a big challenge. So kakapo don't breed every year like most birds do. They only breed about every two to three years. And when they do breed, only about half of the eggs that are laid hatch. So it's actually, there's a big infertility problem. So we're trying to solve those problems. And we also have to really intensively look after every egg that there is, every tick that there is. So we have quite a lot of monitoring going on when there's breeding season, it's very intensive. And we have quite a lot of technology to keep an eye on the kakapo. So every kakapo wears a transmitter, for example, which has an activity monitor. And we can monitor that remotely from the internet. So at any time, we can pretty much know how active most of the kakapo are. And we can tell if they're sick, for example. So we have quite a lot of that sort of tech going on, which enables us to monitor kakapo at these really remote sites. Um, but without being actually on the ground necessarily or uh, disturbing the kakapo. The fact that they've got these monitoring devices on them, could that be what they don't like? Could that be why they're trying to jump out of the over the fence? Um, yeah, we don't think so. They've actually worn them for quite a long time and worn them for pretty much their whole lives at other sites and they're not showing this behaviour at other sites as far as we're aware. So, yeah, there's an unusual situation going on up there and it might just be a bit of a behavioural thing that we're just, you know, we're not familiar with from other sites. So that's what we're, we've, we've just been testing some more monitoring gear to try and work out exactly how to get to the bottom of this one. And I understand every one of the 247 kakapo birds is named, is that right? Yeah, that is, that's right. Every kakapo has a name. They've all got their unique personalities. That's one of the things that's a bit lovable about kakapo is that, you know, they are like people in the way. Each one is really quite different and distinct, and including that, you know, they have their own names too. When they do escape, the few I'm not sure how many have escaped, but when they do get over the fence, do they get far? Are the locals on the lookout for the kakapo? Yeah, sometimes they do get quite a long way, and that's what surprised us. Some of them, because it's this sanctuary is surrounded by farmland, and they've actually travelled you know, several kilometres into the farmland. And we had a case recently where a, a tanker driver was driving along at night, two o'clock in the morning, and saw a kakapo in the middle of the road. Um, and was uh, alert enough and, and great enough to actually give us a call and to, to tell us that he'd seen it out. We hadn't quite yet picked it up on our monitoring system, so we were able to catch that one the next morning. So, yep, the neighbours are definitely just on the alert and on the lookout for any kakapo that might be wandering around. But we do keep a close eye on them, so we normally pick it up first. But, yeah, it's great to have the local people involved too. And extinctions, you know, are, are, never, are never a good thing. But what's the importance of the kakapo? Uh, you know, why, how, why is it so important to make sure that the kakapo survives and ultimately, hopefully, thrives? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, kakapo are so used to be one of the most common birds in New Zealand. So they, they're a natural part of, of the fauna here. They would have been a really important part of the forest ecosystem. So that's, you know, kind of one thing. They're just a, they're a tanga to Maori, a, a treasured species to Maori people in New Zealand. They're really important culturally. But also, um, just from a sort of a distinction point of view, you know, kakapo are unlike any other bird on earth. They've been on their own separate path for nearly 30 million years. There's nothing else like a kakapo. So if we can't keep, you know, these really, really special species, from going extinct, then you know, we're in trouble. So we, I think we think we need to work really hard to make sure that they survive and they're on the right path, certainly. All right. Well, good luck with them. And I guess you're looking at building a bigger fence. Good luck with that too. Andrew Digby, thank you very much. Great. Thank you. I'm sure plenty of listeners are going to be searching up the kakapo to look at this. It's quite an incredible looking bird. In fact, one of the funniest things on the internet actually is a clip of Stephen Fry with his cameraman filming uh, a, a documentary and filming a very handsome male kakapo. And the kakapo gets very intimate, in fact, with the cameraman. Check it out. It will. It'll make you laugh. It might even make you day. You're listening to Saturday Extra. Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.